You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. We're already fast friends. We know that. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we are talking with Sarah Romano Dio, and I'm very excited to be talking with you. And we were just chatting before we popped on here. Uh, we both like movies, and I was kind of interrogating you about, uh, uh, you know, you appeared on a podcast, and you had mentioned you talked about Chinatown. Tell us, yeah. Tell, tell us, tell us, tell us your 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 take, and what do we need to know, or why Chinatown? <laughs> Well, um, I do love the noir kind of look, but it's like warm 70s noir. Um, and uh, the uh, Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway are just like, just captivating, you know. Um, That's the word. Actors. That's yeah. the word, captivating in that role, in those roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's serious, but I love the humor and uh, Jack Nicholson is so great um just like his grumpiness and uh uh pessimism but um you can just laugh at the situations that he gets into and like half the movie he has like the bandage on his nose (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh that is funny that detail is so funny right yeah you're not supposed to do that in making the film (laughs) yeah um yeah, but then it's it's also a very serious, heavy movie. Oh, yeah. and like the reveal at the end and like the twist is just like really guts you. Yeah, shat- it's uh it's shattering. I uh that that the the landscape, right, uh particular those who've seen it, that that LA mm-hmm. or a particular type of LA, do you think that landscape's related to uh Lynch's LA? David Lynch's LA? Does it look like it, oh, it feels like it to me? Yeah. It feels like it it feels mm-hmm. like it to me. But mm-hmm. do you do you feel that's the same place? Yes, definitely. Uh, it has the it's uh, beautiful, and you know there's the cheery side with the palm trees, but then it's also so dark. There's you know the money, the extreme excess, and the underside of that. <laughs> yeah, like a type of territory you feel like anybody can just be rubbed out and die if they're a problem, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> right. It's it, like somehow like the justice is like, whoa, you better figure out how to navigate these lands. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah, I'm going to tell, uh, everybody, uh, who you are uh, from, okay. from your, from your blurb because, uh, so, uh, Sarah is a comic book artist, uh, based in Seattle who I met in, uh, Portland, the permanent damage, uh, uh-huh. which we'll talk about, uh, show and had a great chat. Um, works published in Seattle magazine, the stranger scarf comics newspaper. And Sarah has been publishing her own mini comics and collabing with other comics art artists for about 10 years. You say yeah. you love being outside and near water. <laughs> I like yeah. <laughs> both things. What kind of, what kind of, what, what's your favorite body of water? Oh, the ocean. <laughs> me the too. Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Me, me, me All too. Oceans. I was born in Rhode Island, which is called the Ocean State. So yeah. you can't, yeah, you can't be more than like 
I don't know, 45 minutes, which is a long ass mm-hmm. drive in Rhode Island, uh, from, the, uh, <laughs> from, from one side to the other, <laughs> sure. from the ocean. It was like, I'm not, I'll do that trip in the summer. Right. Yeah. Like I won't. Um, so Rhode tell Island's us where I, Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just wanted to say, uh, Rhode Island's where I learned to love the ocean because, um, my mom's from Rhode Island and that's where we go visit in the summers. And that's the first ocean I've seen is the beaches there. So lovely. I um, I lived in uh, Narragansett. I went to university. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a lovely place. So I lived in yeah. uh, studying uh, philosophy. Go figure. Philosophy and lit at the awesome. University of Rhode Island. And uh, it's a really cool story. So for folks who don't know, Narragansett around the time, like maybe part of uh, Newport's heyday, was an area which was kind of like uh, a cheap, a, a cheaper rich man's Newport. And so there's gambling mm-hmm. stations and things like that over there by uh, the ocean. But one really fascinating piece is there was this subdivided apartment. I lived there my last maybe year and a half at the university. And uh, Amelia Earhart had stayed there. And it was called oh, wow. it was called Tally Ho, like that like the home had a name and I was just cool. like that idea camped myself in my head. Cause like for me, I was always around the ghost of um, Amelia Earhart or something like that in wow. my head. And it's such a kind of wild thing. All right. All right. All right. Tell us about, uh, tell us about um, the comics you do. And uh, I, I was interestingly pulled in by everything I saw. So I got lost in the universe, but tell <laughs> other, tell other folks out there kind of what you do and your approach to uh, doing your art. Um, yeah, I began uh, drawing comics really as a kind of socially uh, in Seattle. I met friends who were drawing comics. It's not something that I ever thought that I would do because it seems like such a lot of work. And um, I was avoiding that but I realized I needed to do it because it was the type of art that I was looking for I wanted to do something narrative and I wanted to have the freedom to uh, do anything and I I hadn't realized that you could even do that in comics just like make a story about whatever it could be funny it could be awful and um, grotesque I mean I I just started learning about all these underground comics and things and um, just local artist stuff they were doing. So I just started experimenting with that and um, trying to think of different characters. Uh, um, and also I, I exercised um, some of those muscles by uh, writing a story that was based off of my life when I was a pizza delivery driver um, I didn't have those books at my table when you were there because I have sold out of them now, but um, I made a series called Crest and I worked with a bunch of characters at the pizza place. So I was kind of using them to like learn how to uh, show character and situational humor and things like that. So, but I, I really do like um, uh, adding some humor into my stories and uh, just like, people stuff things that hopefully ring true like little quirks that characters have and stuff like that <laughs> yeah no I, I i really like that i, I gotta have to check out uh crust because there's something there's nothing that intrigues me more you know I, when i've worked retail and i've worked around people i i could not be 
but I don't know if it's a dark fascination at times because retail fucking sucks like nothing else sucks. And, some, <laughs> and sometimes it's the coolest job and sometimes yeah. you don't know which. Like sometimes it's been <laughs> like, I want to go work, hang around with my friends, do some shit, get paid and go home. And other times it'd be like, I truly feel that I'm being dominated <laughs> right uh-huh. now in the workplace. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had all of those types of retail experiences. Um, luckily, I mean, this job I got, it was like one of those things where it just like landed in, uh, I needed a job. I was literally just walking down the street and some girl, a woman just pulls over and she's like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking for a job. I've got my resume. She's like, Oh, you should work at where I work, the pizza place. I just got the job and it was like a great environment. Just like the boss was just like, like you guys just run it, you know, the customer's not always right. You, you guys do what you want. You know, I don't know. It's was, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, the reach one of the, one of the jobs I had, and I want to tell you, uh, uh, just, it was, um, a travel language and books, a bookstore outside of Washington, DC. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah it was pretty cool. Except, mm-hmm. except I'm a working class punk at heart. And, and these, you know, with the folks going in, some of the rich folks, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Condescension, all these type of things. But they didn't know that I knew the content of the travel guide. And I knew what type of lodging, which would be suggested to them. So Mm -hmm. if you were being a a real prick, I'd be (laughs) like, okay, Mr. Fancy Pants, the Harvard Let's Go College Guide is your way to get through Czechoslovakia. And when you get there, <laughs> you have nothing but hostile listings, pre-internet, everything. <laughs> Come in contact with the people that you need to. Now, that was only yeah. reserved. That was only reserved <laughs> for a select few. Uh, it was a I long time that. ago. But you would have a different travel experience for your mm-hmm. lack of respect. <laughs> <laughs> they needed to learn some things. <laughs> that was my idea. Um, retail can be fun, not only for those, uh, uh, for those, uh, for those reasons. Um, so Sarah, I'm really interested yeah. to hear about, you know, kind of like coming into uh, contact when you're talking about, you know, w- with art and the narrative way to express, when did you, with that, with all that, when did you see yourself, uh, as an artist? When did you, when you're like, when you're talking to people, like, like I'm an artist and I do this, like, when did that happen? Well, uh, I feel like it happened at some point in my childhood. It wasn't immediate. Like, I always was encouraged to make art because my mom's an artist and an art teacher, music teacher. My dad's, like, mentally and emotionally an artist. Like, he's really into cool stuff. And and I always was um, drawing, but I don't think I thought about the, like, I'm an artist. It just was, like something that we did at our house all the time. It was like, again, a social activity kind of. So um, I think I, I started thinking of myself as an artist once I was in school and other kids would be like, oh, that's cool, you know? And and then, or teachers would be like, hey, this is really good. And, you know, and, and then I started to think that other people saw me as an artist and I was like, oh yeah, I am. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of, yeah, well, and I I find it because, you know, I can even ask the question and I could get an answer where folks are like, 
tripping on it. They're like, well, I'm not really an artist. <laughs> like, and of course, I mean, but, but, you know, they, I, for me, they would be easily seen as such, but mm -hmm. with the way people view certain acts of creativity or whether they're art or not, they might not have that. Like, and, yeah. uh, so that's why, uh, I can be like, uh, so surprised and sometimes maybe not even assuming or, or assuming you are because of people calling you that like a nickname it's like yeah all right that's yeah i'm the drawing well, person you know yeah right yeah like that's the person who draws stuff yeah um i know some people really feel like so much weight with that title i think and they're like oh i can't i can't call myself that or whatever but i think of course everybody's an artist so i um uh, the the term means a lot to me for a very like different reason. I find that mm -hmm. I'm so interested in the kind of like trickster element or alternate identity, or that I'm saying something an artist, and there's like an attitude of being like this is an artist thing, and like I really don't give a shit. No, I'm not trying to offend anybody. No, no, but just, yeah. but, but just, you know, or maybe offend somebody. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but just in the sense of like, I have that edge. Yes, I'm a human, but I'm an artist doing this type mm. of thing. And then people mm -hmm. are like, oh, that's a wild artist, something like that. But yeah. I find that I need that. And I talked to uh -huh. a lot of people who need to be like doing right. it that way. Do you, do you, do yeah. you have a similar feeling towards it or? I, I think I know what you mean. Like, as in a way of life, as in a way, like a path or like, it's, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, definitely. And I, I do view like each day I want to, I want to be seeing my life as the art that I like, just, it is who it is life, you know? So um, it gives meaning, I think. And, and I think, it, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, it can be a resistance and it can also be a um, a surrender, too. Yeah. Um, uh, in your art uh, and, 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 and the feminism within there, the, the, the idea of, not the idea, the action of having the art, um, uh, to, to tell these, to tell these stories. And that's one of the things I love about, I don't know, comics or mm -hmm. narrative form underground zines. Yeah. Um, like I want to know what's happening. Like, I don't need the three layers to give me the digestible bit, like what's happening. And, and, mm -hmm. and I view it as such a great uh, kind of a communication tool um, embedding activism uh, within the art, uh, for yourself, not as a, like an artificial process, but mm -hmm. what is the relationship for you and jumping maybe towards the role of art and, and, and expressing what you need to express and looking outside at the world and saying, no, this is completely messed up mm -hmm. and let's have a go at it. What's, how do yeah. you, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Another reason was like choosing to practice making comics and being a part of this larger um, way of communicating uh, I feel like you know I chose it one reason is because um, you know the fine art world to me felt so there's so much pretense and um, 
inaccessibility to just like regular people. And I felt like when I found out that, you know, there's all these people, you know, you can communicate and express ideas so much easier um, and accessibly with comics. And, you know, people can buy a zine or a comic or you can give them for free or trade them. Um, And then there's this exchange that happens just like it just spreads, you know, and um, I've just met so many more like minded people. And it's just, it is kind of like an F you to um, some, just the established like people who just think they know what's up, but they don't, you know? Yeah. There's like a direct communication. I get so excited. You think about like, I don't like music culture and and, and Mm -hmm. things like that, where you can see, I mean, you could, you could, you could see this type of communication you don't see in other places. And I think comics like a lot of time been like that. So like people into comics, like, it's particular, but they know, like, if they're sensitive to, like, how those worlds are created with color and the story and they drop into that, then that's, you know, it's like those sci-fi mags are dropping into different type of information where you, you're, I mean, I'm tapping into a vibe of, like, inhabiting, like, that type of place. And even mm-hmm. um, with the ideas that are communicating in zines of, like, I don't know, like, different types of history or, like, just mm-hmm. um, uh, self-protection, like, around a neighborhood, yeah. like, six pages to be, like, here's some helpful hints, you know, like, of doing yeah. this and that. And it's so – it's important. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's not trivial or, like, oh, we're well, – let me just say one piece on this. Yeah. Years ago, I would always – because I wasn't attuned. I'd, I, I really wouldn't look at small press. I really wouldn't – you know, dig into there and look at the zine. Like I, it's, I just didn't know what was there, but I was also, I think influenced by, you know, like maybe university thinking or hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, of course I'm going to read like Carl over, you know, canal scarred and not the zine. Like I'm going to, you know, um, yeah, there's a place for that too. Yeah. But once I popped into it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is where all the breathing is for me. It was like, and the, and the respiration, did you, in, in, within that world, is that, that, that vitality you find in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and not to say that there's, there's not an importance of like, sometimes gatekeeping in a way, like with publishers and things like that, that can be good. And they have like standards that they are, you know, they're like, this is our standard. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, with more alternative scene and stuff, um, it is, it's like breathing. It's, uh, there's just a much more, yeah, like a taking in, giving out. And um, I've learned a lot from that community. So, yeah. We're up in the Pacific Northwest. We mm-hmm. both like Twin Peaks. Yes. Um, we're it. both really into like, uh, I was chatting about, uh, and we'll get into this, like identity and, and, and multiverse. And I just wanted to mm-hmm. like, let's just, let's just, um, let's just uh, 
chat about it. The other piece was monsters too, and thinking about monsters. Oh, yeah. But for me, I wanted to just like start with the hard take, uh, hard take, and because this is the show we're creating, we can talk about David Lynch, and we can talk about Twin Peaks. We can just riff on this. But yeah. So for me, um, in in talking about identities and doubles and triple characters in Lynch. I think it's always been there throughout the, 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 the works. But for me, the first time I saw him like really, really attempted as part of the main narrative was in Lost Highway. Mm -hmm. And what I'm talking about is where characters resemble each other or characters are like, it's the same body, but they're behaving differently. And yeah. for me, you seem this uh, theme predominant uh, Mulholland Drive. Mm -hmm. in Twin Peaks season three. And now you have doubles and, and, and this type of thing. But I found it to be this development to be so fantastic and amazing of an idea of how to tell the story. Because you're always trying to figure out like what's a real copy, what's a copy of a copy. And this whole identity um, uh, switch... When I talked to yeah. you and um, we were communicating a bit, you were talking about the idea of uh, like stories and as, mm -hmm. as a, a multiverse or these 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 layers or different ways of approach. I wanted to to hear some thoughts from you about like identity and and your thoughts behind that concept. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Well, yeah, I was just thinking like how every story that's created or every work of art is just adding to the universe in itself or even creating portals, you know, to other places that you can go. And every person that perceives that is creating a separate, different universe because they it's different to them the way that they're perceiving it. So I don't know. I just feel like it's infinite and like the connection just goes, it's spreading in all the time right now, just like crazy. It just blows my mind. I, I, I think the, well, thinking about organizing and spreading idea or trying to spread a, a, like a decent idea too, even when we're talking about, you know, our activism, lack of separation, I think like even, um, not to be jumpy, but like even on mm -hmm. the podcast format, like there's like this unknown about something going out somewhere. And, and if like six people happen to have uh, bumped into this and are listening and are chatting about philosophy in a bar in Dublin, you know, mm -hmm. like what has, you know, like there's this, uh, this rippling or something that, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that I feel or with totally. It, yeah. And like with like uh, coincidences, sometimes they feel like when or like, you know, sometimes you feel like you read somebody's mind or like something just happens, just that kind of um, what do people call that? I don't know. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. How about yeah. this? How about this for being strange? So I recently released the. Sadie Dupuis episode of the band uh, Speedy yeah. Ortiz Sad. Yes, 13. I love them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> They're and so it was, good. Oh, thanks. it was such a. <laughs> it was it was it was um it was such a wonderful it was such a wonderful thing um 
working with them. But, you know, there's a story in there about the new album just released September 1st, 2023 called Rabbit, Rabbit. And I'll tell you, it was, it's, it's, you notice things and there's these sayings and fortune and luck and who knows mm-hmm. how it all works out. But I'll tell you this, I woke up during the night and it just I was just awake for a little bit just walking around it was early in the morning and I lay down on the couch and there was a Lego rabbit that I didn't put together I would have put together if somebody did it before me but a Lego uh-huh. rabbit with a Lego carrot and my head's tilted back and I'm looking diagonally now we have a house rabbit named Bunny Fufu oh okay right <laughs> and so I put out Bunny Fufu because I was like four in the morning. I'm like, oh, rabbit, you need to be able to, you know, create some space, put up the barrier. I put down the barrier and Fufu is just like hammering it, like, you know, battering ram, like, nope, (laughs) I'm out in the house and I'm laying down like in and out of it. And I'm like, this rabbit's going to come barreling. No word of a lie. Like I'm looking down and I saw the Lego rabbit. She runs by rabbit. And I'm like, okay, rabbit, rabbit. Um, yeah. that, that, that expression, I'm like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, it's four o'clock in the morning here in mid Valley, uh, uh, Oregon, but coincidence and like that, like that mm-hmm. shouldn't have happened. Like, yeah. that, like that's too weird. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Even it's kind of just a small thing and it's, uh, and, and it's just, it's like something that you had a moment to yourself and you recognized it it's weird. It's like some, a communication, you know, it's not from somewhere or something just like to tell you like, yeah. Does deja like, vu happen to you? Yes. Does <laughs> I've it? I've always had, yes. It has so much deja vu. Strong, strong, strong experiences of it. Yeah. Your whole life. Yeah, definitely. I get a weird story related to deja vu. I used to have intense experience and I'd describe them to people and I'd annoy my friends, right? You might know, you <laughs> might know the experience. Yeah. Like, oh, it's deja vu again. If they don't have the experience, it's like, oh, they drifted yeah. somewhere else. Like, wait again. a second. Wait, <laughs> right? What? Deja vu. <laughs> right? And they're yeah. like, okay, fine. We lost her for a second. Um, but here's the strange piece um, the incidents in my experience of them now is so diminished compared to I'm 51 now, but it's so diminished to like from 15, 20 years ago. So it's like, I almost want more deja vu in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice because it does make you feel like some you're being told something or like, you know, I feel grounded because I've lived the moment already. Yeah. That's I know awesome. that's like not the best. <laughs> like, no, the Buddhist, you're still yeah. you have so much living the moment ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm halfway through. No, I'm not getting. Uh, yeah, I'm not going down on that on, on, on that tip. <laughs> listen to too much. Been listening to too much goth music at Bauhaus lately. I gotta, you know, uh, lighten up, lighten up. So, um, yeah. so haven't asked you yet, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah. And it's part of the reason for having you on the show. What the heck is art? Oh, um, I think that art is, um, an uncovering and a sharing of some kind of knowledge or, um, 
you're releasing it and you might not even know what it is until it's like outside of you, but it's just, it's some kind of a knowledge and knowledge communication of that. Um, but it's like fluid and it, uh, it's different to anybody who has their own lens. Um, but I think if it's really good art, there's some kind of a truth there. Mm, folks answer. They don't always say that it's not a right or wrong answer, but I, when you, when you talk about knowledge, you start thinking about like truth. I, I think about yeah. the ideas sometimes, right? Because we have a conceptual, you know, conversation about this, a philosophy show, but there's also like, if you look at a, a great uh, painting, a great painting, one mm-hmm. of which where you're looking up, if you're sensitive to it and you're up at the painting and you're as close as you can get and you're looking at all the different angles and then you see or maybe you feel the suffering of the subject that's on that and you, I don't know, embody it or experience or whatever. I think there's an idea of truth or knowledge in there, right? So in arguing mm-hmm. this at the university, you're saying my experience was transcendent. I'm not trying to put it down, but you're trying to – or – did I get direct knowledge or did I sheer emotionally and what that painter was trying to convey? And it, the, the, the knowledge is that way. At least it feels like yeah. that way. And it's sometimes like a transmission, uh-huh. like you're saying, yes, you, ha- you have that experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like all the time, but we're surrounded by art. So, <laughs> you know, is, um, what about, what about painting? Do you have, are you sensitive to painting in that type of way? And like, mm-hmm. do you have that experience with a, 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 a particular painter that evokes that more often than others? Um, yeah, I do love paints, uh, painting. Um, I, I was a drawing and painting major in college. I'm um, sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love oil painting and stuff, but I don't do it very often anymore. Um, but yeah, I really feel like I felt really emotional when I see. Um, I like figurative stuff a lot. So, like Egon Schiele, I don't know if you know his work. I was talking about Egon Schiele in a conversation last night. So, yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> see, I got a good story go. connected to it. Tell me, no, tell <laughs> me the tell me the Egon Schiele stuff for me, and I'll tell you the 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 actually uh, kind of funny story related to Egon Schiele. But tell me, That's yeah. Perfect. Well. Um, I love the the exaggeration of the body. Like you can almost feel it in yourself. Like, you know, and the expressiveness of like the hands and the eyes and um, the color usage and the the looseness of the way the paint is put down. Like you, I feel like I can see that he was feeling when he was painting, you know, and like you see it in every brush stroke. So I really love that kind of work. You can, um, the, the bodies, uh, talking about the painter Egon Schiele here, the bodies, you could feel the bodies. You can, mm-hmm. you can, it's, it's some of the process you describe, I think, that's there, how the paint looks and that the body, for some people, yeah. is way too contorted, way too agonizing mm-hmm. for them to experience. Yeah. Um, it is pretty intense. Some of them are pretty gross looking and some of them yeah. are very beautiful, uh, but it's definitely it makes you feel something. The experience I had is I've been lucky in my life to 
be able to travel, to save up and travel at times. And one of the places I went to is where they had a small, or maybe a more prominent Eagle and Chile museum in Chesky Krumlov oh, cool. in, the, in, the, in the Czech Republic. And wow. I, this is at a point I was a long time ago. I didn't really, I wasn't really familiar. I've always been interested mm-hmm. in painting, but I was not, I didn't know all the Chile stuff at that time. And what was so cool about it was this was, um, and it was summer. And it was warm and on this river in literally Bohemia, right? Yeah. There's um, the Eagle and Chile Museum and there's images and stuff like, so I'm like acquainting myself with that. And on the other side, you have like a mix of kind of like young European travelers and everybody's naked and jumping <laughs> and jumping into this awesome. river. So like, like I'm Amazing. thinking, I'm like the bodies, like the bodies over yeah. there. And I'm like, I'm just like becoming acquainted. It's like, what a strange experience because obviously it's like enthralling, right? I'm in my twenties and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in Europe and people like women are jumping into the water and <laughs> yeah. rivers here. Like a movie I saw one time, but they actually Incredible. do it. <laughs> and, but in, 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 and everybody was um, all genders and, and, but there was the Sheila thing. And so I, I just had it just burned into my mind about the, the bodies, like the bodies were moving there in, in, in Chile. And so when you mention that, it's like, um, like the transmission of something of, of mm-hmm. pain, suffering, joy, uh, entanglement mm-hmm. in those bodies in, in Chile is. Yeah. Like a, like a real, like, feeling like you could feel it in your body like when you look at it you know that kind of yeah response or something oh we could do uh maybe we'll have to do a separate episode do some more studying of chile and then just like (laughs) do the chile um uh episode um within in we chatted just a bit about it but uh, to formally connect it to the question of art and is the role of art. I heard in your, your, your answer, as far as the, the communication and some things we we're, we we're talking about, I just wanted to hear if, like the, you know, as far as what you think of um, the role of art in a, a wrinkle ad about it lately, because the way the world feels for many 2023, mm-hmm. yeah. Rising temperatures, social issues, political, mm-hmm. political tensions, is the role of art different now than it was before? I don't think so. I think it's the same and every day it's more and more important. Um, Yeah, it's so important, but it does, it feels like there's more pressure and uh, more, well, in some ways, in some ways, there's more obstacles at being an artist and just feels like it's just harder and harder to just fight against the machine. I don't know. The U.S. just seems like really depressing kind of in so many ways. And um, just like the reality of trying to like survive and, you know, um, get through your, your days and take care of what you need to take care of. But um in other ways, though, I mean, there are more forms of uh, uh, more ways we can reach out to each other and talk and like this, like the podcast and the Internet yeah. and, you know, all these ways that people are influencing each other. And I find a lot of hope in that. But I think it's always more and more important. 
um, that art, that people are just, again, yeah, like expressing themselves and um, sharing and, and to be fearless in, and not conform to uh, a way of expressing themselves because they think that's what someone wants to hear or what is going to make them money, you know? I think there's something, uh, I think that, I think there's something about that because one of my experiences in, in doing the show is strange. And think about it's, it's a bunch of work, but it's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. I'm able to weigh my mind is I'm, I'm just intensely curious and I'll be so forever. But the, the idea that I can, um, drop into areas that interest me and I might have deeper knowledge than might be expected, or I might not know anything. And to try to establish, like when I'm going up to invite you and other folks, it's like, why are you inviting me? Well, I want to talk to you. Like yeah. I want to, like, uh-huh. I want to drop in. You're going to allow me to drop in and like look at it in a particular way. Um, an example, yeah. I've had uh, a, a little bit more interviews with playwrights lately. Oh, and, the, nice. and, and the last interview uh, I had with two, uh, Paul Adams and, and Katha Gentis, who knew, uh, I was like asking questions like, you're saying you're workshopping this and you do it twice a day and you do it for a month and you're like, what is, like, what is that? Like, like, how are you making the play? Like, literally, like, yeah. are you rewriting lines? Do actors start yelling at, like, and <laughs> it was so fascinating to be able to ask that question. Yeah. You know, like what's your world like? Like, what does that even mean? Cause I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. I, I love that. I love the collaborative aspect of like themes like theater and plays and stuff like that. I always thought it'd be so fun to somehow mix comics and acting or, I mean, I guess people do at this basically a movie or a play. It's just like in real life, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. It was so uh, interesting because um, with this episode, uh, Kate the Gentis has done some, uh, produced some big films, you know, in in, in Hollywood. But um, this newer play uh, that she's done is called Sex Work, Sex Play. And it's very provocative uh, yeah. just as far as like the characters and stuff there. So I learned a little bit about it. And on cool. the other side, what was so cool, Paul Adams um who's run this repertoire repertory and, and, and helps bring in a lot of new works is doing a play on Doris Day, oh, which sweet. you think is kind of like this more, yeah. like, you know, like super traditional songs, mm-hmm. America's sweetheart type of thing. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing this, I'm like, Holy <sighs> shit. Like how the hell did I get like, I, like <laughs> I had, I had help pull, pulling it together, but it was just kind of like how it worked and how things are working together. And I'm like, well, this is pretty darn cool, like to do yeah. this and learn about plays. So, I think that part about it is is fun and the energies that you were talking about. Um, what's it like? Uh, I, I, I uh, met you and uh, my partner Jenny mm-hmm. uh, met you at the the permanent damage um, right next to Floating World Comics. Yeah, in the Lloyd Center, um, <laughs> there's a tattoo uh, shop, Mortal Emblem at the end. Uh, yeah ice rink downstairs, all these great things. And mm-hmm. you were there uh, 
a tabling next to a uh, show friend, uh, T. Edward Bach, which is great. Yep. To, uh, great guy. Great guy. Hang with him. And so uh, take us in. Tabling, <laughs> tabling, a, tabling an event. Yeah. I haven't done it, but I know <laughs> it's a diverse experience for the diverse creators that, that table. <laughs> Tell us about being there uh, last, last week, the Permanent Damage Show, and just your experience. Yeah, it was so rad. Uh, I was really excited to be there. There was many artists that I look up to there, and it's fun to be in Portland. You know, I, I of course, have done more uh, events in Seattle and some other places, but Portland has so many great creators, and there was people from other uh, areas of the U.S. too. And um, but it was so punk, and like also felt just like you know, like grounded and like, just like friendship, (laughs) friendship. (laughs) It was so nice. Good feelings. Um, A lot of people feeling like themselves a little bit more maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I always get a little nervous. Uh, I feel like I'll be like, Oh, maybe people are going to be like, she doesn't belong here. Why is she here? You know? And then uh, and then I, it's always really nice and affirming to just go and do the thing and realize that everybody is just like super cool and non-judgmental for the most part, you know, just like wanting to just talk and look at each other's stuff and just exchange that. Um, and the people that came in to buy comics too are just lovely, you know, just some people that didn't know anything about comics too it's always fun to kind of just like see see people who are discovering um this world like they have so many questions (laughs) like how does this exist how did i never know this (laughs) what's going on (laughs) yeah i could see i could see that sometimes i think like if you take a look at a zine I remember like if, if, you know, something that really strikes you is like, I can't believe that somebody wrote about this exact super weird idiosyncratic thing that I thought for years and it's in front of me and I didn't (laughs) know that I could purchase it for $3 and then share (laughs) and, um, you know, tales of Conan, the barbarian in my own head (laughs) of a particular way. (laughs) Or Red Sonia in a, it, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And um, I uh, I love the variety of stuff, you know. And you know what's cool, mm-hmm. too, is um, I like, I like uh, where you end up in the strangest conversations. And yeah. it, there's a comfort, like, because I was looking at, uh, and I'm, I'm forgetting the artist's name, but there were these uh, photo, you know, photo zines, cool, weird photo zines, mm-hmm. right? And this was yeah. of... Uh, kind of weird looking animatronics and then oh, the other cool. the other one was like super exaggerated sex animatronics figures whoa and it, it was having this conversation but i realized i was in the very quickly what was a normal conversation that i i really didn't like you know 
didn't expect. I didn't know what I didn't know or, or, or yeah. wanted to know. <laughs> and, um, uh, at the, there as well, um, I don't know why I'm leading from that story to Mark Palm. Sorry, oh, Mark yeah. Palm, uh, love, love Mark Palm. I don't, sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know one left or the other, but there you go. Uh, uh-huh. love, love his art. Uh, yeah. and, um, I ran into him randomly last night, actually. Sorry. Go on with their story. Okay. Is there a story related? To, I'm not jumping over that. If there's something decent for the show. No. Okay. Well, we just saw each other at a show that he randomly was walking to. Shout shout out to Mark Palm. Yeah. Sometimes he's uh, said that I'm a number one fan, and I would say not in the misery mm-hmm. way, not in the Stephen King misery <laughs> way, number one fan. But I did it did make it to two Mark show events, the uh, UFO festival in Burien. I heard um, that. And then uh, down there at Lloyd center. So I did make two events, Mark Palm events. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, I made it to one uh, Sarah Romano deal <laughs> event oh. next to T Edward Bach as well. <laughs> so so um, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, uh, I feel um, when I was at that event or comic cons or being around floating world, um, when you're into comics, been into comics uh, a lot or underground art, um, you feel, I, I feel that I'm breathing air that, uh, is different, but feels made for me. Another time yeah. I experienced that is, um, I'm a big doom metal guy, like a uh, live doom metal. Like my uh-huh. favorite style of music live is, is doom metal. It's, Fine. it, um, it satisfies my spirit mm-hmm. and, um, so w- being sensitive to art, I think it's so fun to be around events that are like that and to be like, this person's a discreet genius. Look at this wonderful type of thing <laughs> and to bounce around it and to do it for two or three bucks to get in, to yeah. get in the door. Do you have some coming up this uh, fall, like events that you're um, excited about or something popping up? Uh, yeah. Coming up? Yeah. Um, well, I know, uh, I think October 31st, Halloween, I think that's when there's the Portland Zine Fest, which I don't remember if I'm tabling, but if not, I'll try to attend it. And it's always a good time. We'll figure out. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be at Short Run Small Press Fest, which is November 4th uh, in Seattle at the Fisher Pavilion. It's fantastic. It's big and um full of lots of more great art so yeah those are the two events i have coming up before the new year that i know of it's really exciting i um yeah uh we're we're chatting here early uh september 2023 i've talked to a bunch of folks and there's like a i felt like a a weird deep vibe for like early Halloween or like people dropping into horror movies or like thinking fall. And I don't mm-hmm. can't explain all that or maybe around the folks that, that, that I am. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like being able to do that. And uh, so I started to drop into horror movies and, um, and, and, yeah. and thinking about um, horror. One of the, you being a, a, a Lynch fan for me, and thinking about Twin Peaks, um, for me, a lot about it has been uh, horror. Mm. And, 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 you know, there's glory in the show and these yeah. stories, but of a, of a horror and of uh, monsters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're chatting about different uh, creative ideas, talking about monsters and Killer yeah. Bob, like uh-huh. that we say, 
that's a monster. It's not. It's not human. It's not other like right. a, a a a monster or, or this a demon. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, that to me is like true horror is the non-human evil. You know, as something that we can't really put our finger on because we can't know anything other than what is human, really. But if there's this feeling that there's some kind of like evil, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that's so scary. But what do you think about? I, what do you? Yeah, tell me about it. Oh well, I was just gonna say I I love it and like with David Lynch, he he does that stuff so well because it's like the contrast to all the goodness and um the tension between that the goodness and like the humor and the the sweetness and then you have that extreme um bad that it it really really makes you um i don't know edgy (laughs) a little bit you know you feel that i've uh Season three, um, you know, famous episode eight, uh, done in black and white, origin of evil, basically mm-hmm. behind it. Um, might say the inception or shown to be inception of the the nuclear test in the Southwest, mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, and people are, are talking about a lot of these type of things. But yeah, I found that you know that episode for me to be such a profound, a profound vision and tied to an underpinning of the horror of the, the, the nuclear of the, the monster of the overpowering of the toxic radioactive and the activation of evil, like on some mm-hmm. sort of cosmic, like breaking level. Um, and so, Hey, like uh, super profound themes. And I was so affected overall by, that episode and thinking about good and evil yeah but i think and there's no spoilers here just generally speaking the saddest end of anything i've ever seen in my friggin' life was the end of twin peaks season three it's like like i could watch it and it's beautiful and it's profound and it's like i can't believe i'm like this is so sad yeah (laughs) it is I know. Have you seen The Elephant Man? Yeah. 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 That, not to change it from Twin Peaks, but um, that was the first David Lynch thing that I ever saw. I was like eight years old. Same here. Same thing. Right oh, around really? the same time for me. Wow. Because, but quickly, mm-hmm. uh, released 80, 81. Not sure. 80, is it early, early 80s. I was eight, mm-hmm. nine, 10 because I watched it a little bit after it came out. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, so Elephant Man. Uh, he also, I feel like David Lynch shows, well, he shows how evil and monstrous people can be. That movie, like, like broke me open emotionally. Um, I feel like it changed my life in some ways. Like, <laughs> just, like, people are treating, um, what's his name, John? John Merrick. Like John Merrick. Like, I'm, he's a monster, but he's so, he's not, you know, it's just like that, um, the tragedy of, he was like a beautiful person. And just the fact that he could stay beautiful with all the ugliness that was 
like thrown at him and, you know, feeling like, you know, what his outside is looks like. And beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful uh, film. Mm -hmm. I had a, a, a being into film. I, you know, I see, um, I see Lynch predominant art form and this it's strange to say, but you know, painting, like I see obviously is the photography. eye, of, of course he's a filmmaker, but mm-hmm. there's these paintings that show up in, in his films. And I was just watching um, Barry Lyndon uh, by Stanley Kubrick. And I'd always seen, been thinking about Kubrick in the terms of uh, photo- individual uh, photographs run together like these incredible stills the photographer eye but then I watched yeah. Barry Lyndon and it's um I think it's a series of paintings um done in like particular motifs because as I was watching I like I'd never seen it before like this it was like there was cool. a Monet there was Caravaggio there was Rembrandt there was a whole bunch of painters I'm like he's wow. holding the scene for this amount to show I don't know. So I was, I had my yeah. mind blown of thinking like painting and, and, mm-hmm. and photography. And, uh, um, what about, uh, Lynch's, uh, painting and other type of arts? Have you experienced that and have thoughts of, you know, what is painting and maybe short film and stuff like that? I've seen, I think I've seen some of the paintings and I've listened to like some of his music, like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's just different. <laughs> it's um, you know, I think he's having fun and it's great. <laughs> what a, I don't know. It's just different. <laughs> one of the one of the funniest tricks. Um, you, you know, he uh, Lynch had done this um biography. Um, I'm not sure if you read it. Uh, uh, names escaping me. It's Holmes in the title, and I'll I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, it, it's the setup is that there is a biographer. But Lynch has the response to each chapter that the biographer has written. Mm. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it gets better. If you listen to it on audio, the what the voice for the other author and David Lynch does the voice for the response chapters. Oh and so you never quite know what he's going to take and it tends to be funny mm-hmm. and telling a story to tell a story for a long time to make the point it's his chapter right in response and there's one and i'm paraphrasing here is this kind of exposition where the author is doing the biography of his high school and all this you know doing this whole type of thing and the response chapters have been a long but she does the high school one and it basically goes back to him and it's like, I fucking hated high school. <laughs> now it's a chapter. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, wow. you are, you, you are from heaven or some other place. How can you think of doing that? That's brilliant. One of the best chapters ever written. Faulkner, Faulkner had my, my mother was a fish and, uh, we have, uh, I fucking hated high school. I'll, I apologize to everybody and to David Lynch for any details that are messed up. That's the gist of the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 
<laughs> so, Sarah, always remember, no matter what biography deal you end up with, negotiate your own response chapters. All right. Throw, throw away the Wonderful. other details. You're like, I don't care. Let me negotiate my response chapters, and we got a deal for it, right? I love it. <laughs> um, all right. So tell me, uh, you had some ideas um, uh, in thinking uh, philosophy, and the formal question is uh, – why is there something rather than nothing? Oh, yeah. Uh, because I think nothing's impossible because there is something. <laughs> I can't really obviously prove it, but I think it's already proved. And that's that. <laughs> As a reflection of reality. No, yeah. uh, the one of the reasons I, I, I studied philosophy is because um, – we chuckle because I think you and I can admit that on some level of experience of the questions are either annoying or stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> like they trip you up. Right. Uh -huh. And, um, and uh, this is like one that, that is like that. Like one of the things I enjoy talking about philosophy is like when you're trying to talk about it all seriously and somebody busts out laughing because then it's like, <laughs> like, are we, are we kind of playing here? Like, is anybody going to call the question? Did anybody overhear that? We're doing this for, we're doing this for work. Be careful. <laughs> you got a good thing going on, you know? So. Well, I love that. That's something that I love about humor too. And, like being able to laugh is that's like you it's you hit on something true and then you just want to laugh about it you want to keep going with it. yeah but you you like you like stand up yeah i do uh-huh yeah what's your really what, what kind of stand up you like what's uh what do you, what do you um, like well i don't know i like um a lot of like local people that i've seen yeah. here and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um i mean I'll watch pretty much anything, but um, I don't know. Some kind of like I love it when people have like a really ridiculous kind of like um, abstract kind of humor, but somehow they manage to get it right. So people aren't just like clueless. Like you, you get it, but it's still kind of just like what you know. Um, I think uh, Eddie Izzard. <laughs> I, Eddie Izzard. Uh, oh, I have to up. look him up. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Izzard. You might, you might, you might dig on that because, um, kind of like brilliant, profound, like, um, like historical knowledge and such, and uh -huh. this kind of like trickery with language. So he's talking about mm -hmm. something huge, and then he'll bring it down, and um, really made it um, early on in uh, British British stand up. Uh, one cool. of the one of uh, Izzard's sets, uh, "Dress to Kill." Uh -huh. is it, it's the okay one. i'm writing like, that down dress 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 to kill hits but um okay. no it's 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 fun to talk about the you know i like the i like i like comedy and i like the part in philosophy um there's a few books about uh history of philosophy through jokes like awesome. the, like oh. the only method the only method that they really employ mm -hmm. is always joking about the topic and it ends up being like super funny and Sweet. disruptive and uh makes you feel good because just laughing mm -hmm. like helps your body right uh-huh well yeah such a you're you're unguarded <laughs> when you're laughing you know yeah <laughs> 
yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, evocative. Um, all right. So, um, you were talking about the different uh, type of events you have. I wanted to talk mm-hmm. uh, loosely before maybe, uh, asking a couple other things. Um, just to make sure where do folks uh, find your stuff? Um, like where, where do they look where it shows regularly and your website and all that type of stuff? How do people interact with uh, your art? Yeah. Um, I mean, I put like things happening on Instagram um, and I try to keep it uh, up with like some new art or like, you know, sometimes with sketches, sometimes books that I've got coming out events and all that kind of stuff. And my website, definitely. Um, and I do sometimes, I'm, I mean, I sell stuff online through Etsy, but uh, not as much. I, I like to just put my work into the local bookshops and then also at shows whenever I table. So, Yeah, yeah. You uh, point of personal privilege. You mentioned your connection to Rhode Island and, yeah. and, and your mom. What are your... What are your uh... What are your impressions? You're a West Coaster. What a uh, what kind of oh, yeah. what, what kind of feel? It evokes a response in general. I find my home mm. state. Uh, what what what's, what what did you get from it? From Rhode Island? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I have so much warm memories from it because my grandparents lived there. They were in Greenwich, and my mom grew up there with her four brothers. So I have, like a lot of uncles and um, and aunts because they all had got married and had families and um they're kind of scattered around the east coast now but um i do have an aunt and uncle that still live they live in narragansett bay actually and yeah my aunt is an artist and she's an oil painter like really awesome that lives in narragansett bay uh uh i love this small feeling the ocean feeling of rhode island that Dell's lemonade. And... Dell's, aha! Uh-huh. You get yeah. points for that one. Dell's yeah. lemonade shout out. Frozen oh, yeah. lemonade treat, very particular uh-huh. to Rhode Island. Wonderful. Lemons are the best in general. So, uh... you ever get the coffee? The coffee? Yes. The, the coffee syrup. Yes, the coffee syrup. My mom gave us that when we were kids. <laughs> I have it in my fridge right now in Albany, Amazing. Oregon. Wow. Do There's you two... order it, or do you have to go there? You bring it back with you. Or? I I order it from a dishonorable retailer. Oh. <laughs> I think I know. But I we get my co- I get my coffee syrups. Yeah. And <laughs> shout out to Rhode Island Coffee. There's a few. Uh, there's a few folks who it's becoming their favorite beverage out here in. Yeah. In the woods of Oregon, so who knows? Them the way <laughs> I tell them, I used to be able when I was a kid and go to the <laughs> the milk line. You could get chocolate, regular milk, or coffee milk at school. Yeah, <laughs> that is so Rhode Island. No other state. <laughs> That's amazing. You could. I, no, somebody check the books on this, but think about it. If you're technically, if you're technically a kindergartner, right? So you're in public yeah. school, and where I went to school, everybody got free lunch, even way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you go in there, and you have your freaking milk token, and you go to the milk lady, and she yeah. got the she got the white milk, <laughs> the brown milk, 
in the black milk, the chocolate coffee in the white milk. And wow. uh, yeah, so you could get jacked up on coffee milk back in Rhode Island in the day. Yep. As a kid. <laughs> Obviously had no effect on me, right, Sarah? I mean, no. I mean, that's why you're so great. Maybe that's one of the secrets. <laughs> charged, charged up. Hey, maybe there's a dietary thing there, but um, <laughs> no. I, I I love that. Well, you like your uh, donkeys? You like the Dunkin' Donuts or? Uh, eh, yeah. I'm not. A, eh. I and I I'm not. I know everyone just loves the coffee. Everyone's like Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but I, it's okay. The, the let's let me let me be i can be real from i'm yeah. from, from Pawtucket, rhode island look i'm out on the west coast now yeah. the, the coffee ain't all that that's no, all yeah. stay politely have, okay yeah we have good coffee here yeah, it, it's a beverage that i have a lot of positive associations with and like to stop mm-hmm. in at donkeys to see somebody i might know and yeah. to get a, like a english muffin and a donkey's in, but it is not, it's not gourmet. No, <laughs> it's, it's not w- like coffee, coffee, like, you know, it's wicked good. Yeah. It's wicked good. <laughs> yeah. But wicked it's good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not gourmet. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's great to chat. Uh, it's chat, uh, chat about Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, I, I reminisce from time to time. I haven't been out there in a little while and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, the ocean and the particular, um, pieces are being out, uh, out there in, in, in the water and, uh, you know, those associations. And it's a really, it's a really wonderful place. A lot of people yeah. in a small amount of space, which out West, uh, I like to be able to breathe and stretch out my arms a little bit uh-huh. more. Um, so they're very, it feels very different, uh, mm-hmm. very different that way. Um, a uh, couple ideas you got going on for uh, upcoming projects, even if you don't do them, things that have been like, you're like, I want to develop this idea or uh, mm-hmm. work you're going to be putting out to develop something that's going on in your head now. Yeah. I have a, a story that I've been working on. Uh, like, you know, I've got the plans summarized and I, I put out a little like sneak peek that I think maybe you got, I had titled it. Oh joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's about like a grumpy teenager that moves to a very eccentric town. I mean, I'm basically, I'm getting some ideas from when I had to, like, I moved to Colorado when I was a 12 year old and, um, it was speaking of East coast and, um, it was just like a stark contrast compared to like living in the East coast and then moving to like this Colorado town, such a different vibe. And it was kind of, um, but it's not, it's not serious. It's, it's going to be like, you know, um, kind of ridiculous. And, um, I'm just going to exaggerate like the kind of people that she runs into and, um, have some funny situational humor. Uh, I'm also the town that we moved to with my parents is called Manitou Springs and there's, um, spring water everywhere, like really cool, um, fountains and things. So that's one thing I am going to have in the story with the, the town. It's the, the water is going to be sort of a, like really important, um, piece of kind of tying certain things together, but I haven't figured out the whole story. I haven't figured out how it's going to end. No, really. thanks, thanks, but, thanks, thanks, thanks for chatting about that. Like, the, yeah, the, 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 you know, the peek into it. Um, uh, you know, I really, I, I really enjoyed, um, 
uh, your work. I, I there's um, thank you. I've seen a couple images, um, and I'll just describe the feeling. Nothing technical, mm-hmm. but um, there was so much energy, like even coming through the panel, like that was kinetic that I was able to pick up awesome. on because whenever I'm starved or I'm not quite on uh, imbalance in an art way, I always need like a surge of connection to kinetic energy. And it might be like yeah. thrashy metal or whether it's mm-hmm. something like with movement with that. But yeah. I would say like with uh, the couple panels that I saw, like I even felt it like in, in, yes. in the image. So I love that. Thank you so much yeah. for saying that because again, yeah. Like with, like when we were talking about Egon Schiele and the bodies and stuff yeah. like that, that's what I want. I love that kinetic energy in art. And like, when I see, I love that in cartooning, you can exaggerate so much to like, feel it like, um, let's see. Yeah, there's people who do it so well that like, um, like Anya Davidson and stuff, mm-hmm. she has great kinetic drawings. But yeah, so I love that you say that. Well, I even think of the 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 Sheila thing, and it's just like a convergence where I had that memory last night. And when you when you had mentioned that, so the first thing I think, and I I paint, but I I not. Oh yeah. My relationship is different. It's it's the representing or showing the thing. I can't, not yet. I can't do that. So if I want to yeah. see the thing that I'm talking about, but I immediately thought about that that scene I was describing to you because it's all mm-hmm. bodies like Egon Schiele and like I could see almost like in the painting like somehow like it'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have somebody do it or it'll show up somehow that those bodies are you know maybe the rocks are exaggerated or the height or something like that but like to mm-hmm. have it reflect upon me what I saw like how was I in a situation where my first contact with Egon and Chile and the images that they were, were up there on the bank. And how mm-hmm. was it that bodies, which were so like attractive and fascinating, like in this mm-hmm. movie, like in the painting, like and capture that and look at that. That's the painting where like you're staring at because you're living there for a while. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not towards madness, not towards madness. <laughs> um but um it's been so great uh to 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 chat with you so great to talk to you too yeah and thank um, you so much for having me there's a couple things i gotta send you a copy of um we've had trouble kicking out being busy and such uh the zine but there is an issue of uh the something rather than nothing zine oh uh, that that i can uh that i can email you and thank um, you yeah there's more on the way but um just kind of fun stuff. Um, I think it's been cool to connect with what zines are doing in my uh, organizer mind mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, now at this point in my life of being like tapping into the vein of what you can do. And I know some, because I've seen in your work, I know, um, I know that you're out there uh, in front and, 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 and fighting for, and fighting for women and fighting for what's right. So I, I, I want to recognize that cool. as well. Thank you. Um, yeah. And uh, I love the zines. Final Thank point. You. One of the ways I've been able to try to understand uh, art, uh, East Coast, West Coast is, and I don't understand it all yet, but is through two people. One is Kathy Acker, the punk oh, yeah. writer. Uh-huh. Um, Did you see the book that, uh, that Larry, um, 
published about Kathy Acker recently? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, that East Coast, New York punk, everything that's Kathy Acker. We don't have, you know, mm-hmm. I, I adore Kathy Acker for what she does w- yeah. within writing and everything. But I never knew, or I was so connected to the East Coast part of it, I didn't know all the Seattle stuff. Kathy Acker yeah. in Seattle, and right, I was like, and I found a, a book. It was actually Kathy Acker in Seattle, so it was like uh-huh. a deep, dive, deep dive for like people like maybe you or I be like, what did she do in Seattle? Yeah. But it, it really helped me. Um, trying to travel through her brain, trying to understand like this mm-hmm. deep cool and punk was going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I read that. that. Yeah. You <laughs> so did. Good. Uh-huh. There's, there's some, there's some really uh, amazing stuff. There's actually a couple mind blowing essays there towards the end that were just incredible. The other piece too, mm-hmm. is I was talking to somebody not to linger here, but I was talking to somebody and they were talking about politics right now. And you know, sometimes when things are tough, like you end up relying on thinkers or like, who do you go back to, to just, I don't know, like help me get it or level me out. And so this might mm-hmm. Hunter S. Thompson and his political acuity of mm-hmm. his analysis of what's going on on the ground, up in the campaigns, fear and loathing on the campaign trail, 72. Like I found myself going to be like, cause it's, it is wild out there politically a lot of us who are mm-hmm. active know that it is wild but yeah. to read that there are trends and currents and these weird ass shit mm-hmm. where i'm reading i was like okay this ain't the same but some of it kind of is the same yeah yeah that's helped yes that does help doesn't it yeah kathy yeah. acker and hunter s thompson where's that leave me Sarah Romano <laughs> Where does it lead you? <laughs> hmm. Crazy town. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Very we'll soon. We'll do part two. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll do a part two. I think the okay. point is to, to go in further, to become more sane and try mm-hmm. to reflect uh, what's going on. Yeah. Um, super cool to talk, uh, talk with you. Um, we both uh, get, you know, get excited about these things and, and thinking of with the activist mindset and creative mindset, let's, you know i think it's 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 fun to collaborate and do art stuff and um be a liaison to uh like a artist friend or somebody you know in the art community in seattle who like excites you and like introduce them to the show so we can okay do our can, going yeah. north like you know organizing things so you know that's uh, that's that's what we're up to i think right sarah uh-huh yes that's cool <laughs> That's cool. Totally. This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, 
and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is something rather than nothing podcast.